Welcome to the Record Report Podcast. My name is Ahmad. And your boy Vance B. Uh, and this week we took a trip back to the blog era, back to 2010, and we revisited the late great Nipsey Hussle's uh, The Marathon. All money in. It's like two o'clock in the studio. Backed up on the lakes, man. My shit crashed, but I'm back at you niggas though. No. I guess this 55,000. So we gonna do it like this. Uh. Hustle, nigga. One take two. Look. Uh. Mac 11 on my dresser drawer. Model bitches like Nipsey, what's the weapon for? Niggas trying to take, I give them nothing less than war. So it's understood there is no explanation for. Put the box in concrete, then put the safe in floor. Extra thick carpet, that's what we laid it for. Young niggas getting money's what I make it for. Play this out your Range Rover and Mercedes door. Uh, I graduated from having haters. Now I see it all as fake love, so don't congratulate us. And thank God for my imagination. I seen the vision, I'm in it, and now I'm after greatness. I think like the whole theme of what like the marathon concept is and all that is just about, you know, being the best that you could be without, you know, um, without I me, mean, not even without nothing, just like reaching your your potential and pushing yourself to be, you know, the best version of yourself with your hustle, with your music, with your, what you believe in, and you know what I'm saying, your actions just, I think that's the concept of the marathon in general. I think that's what people connect to is that like, you know, it's like a soundtrack for when you want to demand the most from yourself. You This this the music you get on when you want to tighten your game up and be the sharpest version of yourself. And you know what I'm saying? Get your money right and get your mind right and get your shit right. You'll probably put that marathon shit on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Suicide doors. Smoke great phantom. Fucking these whores. Bitches getting at them. Rocking this ice. Loving my life. These niggas getting mad. They don't want to fight. About to take a flight. And when I touch down, it be 10,000 cash in the paper bags brown. Ball with no budget. LVs on the luggage. Fall down to my knees. God, please keep it coming. First class flight. Looking at the clouds. Hoping that my niggas up in heaven looking down. Hoping what I'm doing truly made my mama proud. Cause for a very long time, I was the reason for a frown. Chrome Alpinas, high school senior. I was never one of those. I sold zones out the regal. Nigga had a vision. Then I made a decision. Then I gave a commitment. Then it put me in position. Look. The marathon was released December 21st, 2010. Um, as an independent mixtape. Um, with production from Mr. Lee, Cooking Soul, um, a big crit, QD3, and Over Beats, produced by Kanye West, Ryan Leslie, to name a few. Um, no big features on this project. Most notable probably being Cocaine, who's been known for doing hip hop in the West Coast for a while, um, and also Mars from 1500 or nothing. Um, Vance. Before we get into the nitty gritty of it all, what was your feeling about this album? Yo, this project was dope as fuck, man. Um, I remember being, I think uh, I, I was a little bit late when it came to uh, Nipsey Hustle because not gonna lie, even though I did like Hustle in this house, I didn't necessarily know after what he was gonna do. Um, and I wasn't as hip about Nipsey Hustle following uh, Hustle in this house. So I kind of fell off with him. Um, that was my mistake because 
this album was fucking fire. And it kind of saw that he was um, in the process of rebranding himself at a time where music was taking a new turn. Time to kind of go back and listen to the album that kind of started his run um, in the 2010s is just something monumental. And not only does it bring up really good memories of being back at Morgan, but it also shows like his talent and how his music in some ways don't age, even though, you know, there there could be some things here that were a little bit more raw compared to what he was able to make with Victory Life. So um, really monumental project, RIP Nipsey Hussle. Uh, let's get this shit bracking, folks. Man, so um, for me, one of my favorite, favorite joints, man, I listen to this joint to this day. It was very monumental, just some of those songs. This whole album, 2010, was a big year for me, for people that know me, like, personally, a lot of personal decisions was made, like, for me in general about life. Um, so I had a lot of songs that I would listen to and products that I would listen to. And this was 2010 being such a big year in music. It really helped me with so many other things I was going through personally. And this Nipsey album come at the end of that year. It was after, it was during Christmas break. So it was just me, not really like a lot of my friends yet. And that was before I got to go see the rest of my family. So I really got to sit with the album. My first, one of my favorite, favorite songs is You Don't Got a Clue. Um, mm. uh, and it was, it was it's certain bars in this song that just resonate with me. Um, and it is, it's, it's, it's short, it's one verse. Um, intro, outro, he's talking shit on the intro, marathon music on the outro, he's talking about it. Um, but it's, I'm trying to, it was certain parts when he was just like speaking. This was, this is when he first started to really talk about a level of independence in his music in general. He would start putting, I don't know, I, don't want to speak, I hate to frame Hotep, how people use it, but more so like a motivational um, aesthetic to his music is what he was going through. And he was also, this was his first album as indie. He got off cinematic. He got off epic. That didn't work out. They wanted him to put out South Central State of Mind with Hustle in the House. He wasn't really agreeing with the image he wanted to portray. He kind of went his own way. And this was his first real, um, I'm off the label. I can do what I want. This is my album going to sound like in the future. Uh, look, you don't got a clue. But what you want to do? I'm busy getting rich, you think that I'm gonna stop for you? I built this on my own and everybody know it's true Still niggas act like they supposed to have control of what I do But look, they don't got a clue of what I've been through Nigga ain't had no trust funds or eat off no silver spoons Nigga ain't had no peace inside my house until I moved And I the damn sure can't recall having no exit route in you But really, I don't got a clue of what you even do So what good is a dream if you can't make your shit come true? What good is a team when everyone depends on you? Hope opportunity don't knock with opportunists in your room. Cause then what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Cause if you sharing your success and not your struggle, use a fool. Then you start to look like fool. The game don't even chew. Eat you up and shit you out. And then them critics say you through. But look, they don't got a clue what you was trying to do. Keeping it 100 when 100 don't keep it true, but I'm gonna tell you what to do. Here is what you do, say fuck the middle man, get on your marathon and get your loot. I hustle cause I have to, not because it's cool and over time became accustomed to the bullshit niggas do. Now I'm numb and it's cool, had to bounce back and regroup. Hope you don't expect shit from me cause I don't want shit from you. And I was like, yo, that's really dope. Um, and that's the first time he was taking a different approach. And a lot of times I felt like um, when he was doing music, they wanted to box him in as this is the next Snoop or this is the next gang rapper or 
this is the next West Coast guy. Da 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 da. And he, there's certain things he said throughout this album where he even took shots at like Dre and stuff like that during the detox time. We get to um, I can't remember the name of the song that comes to mind. I think it's Keys to the City. No, Mr. Untouchable. I really don't like that song. But he has one of the songs where he started taking shots at um, at um, at Dre on detox. So for this for this particular song, it was um, it was I like the beat. And also the message when this is when he started to grasp his message for more. If you listen to Bullets and Got No Names one through three, he don't really touch on this as much. He's more so talking about um, the things you experience as a gang member and trying to like give up the gang life, the certain street thing. But this is when he started to turn to the Nipsey Hustle we began to fall in love with for the next for the past 10 years. Um, you know, independence, do for self. Um, how to stand on your own, the the drive to push through and um, finding that intrinsic motivation to be successful or just face obstacles. And this is when, this is one of the songs that I started to like pick, like cue my ears a little bit more like, oh shit, he got, his message is changing and I, I like his approach. Yeah, I like the fact that like he, he he's able to kind of, and kind of rebrand himself. Like I, I'm probably going to say this shit a lot, but like, like, like I said before, when I first heard Nipsey Hustle, it was Hustle in this house, and it was so California. It was so generically California in both a good and bad way. Because I love the song, but like you could kind of see where is he gonna go from this. And many people have thought that he was going to be the Snoop Dogg of of the West Coast or the new Snoop Dogg. But I'm glad that he was able to kind of use this song to only say that you can do this too, like. It, like I said, it kind of brings back uh, the the you can do a two type song that Pharrell made and how many artists are kind of merging that message in their own way. Kind of how we saw with Anderson Pot. But the interesting thing is how like I would probably say that this is a Nipsey Hustle essential just due to the fact that like like you said, this is the message from this song and and encapsulating that hustle that grind to get to the next level um as we continue um I, i'd probably say that this was the slower song the uh, a slower song for me but at the same time i did appreciate what he was saying and it made me want to listen to him more due to the fact that like there was something stronger within this song that made you want to come back and of course that was the message yeah, man, I really enjoyed this song, man. I really felt like this is when there's certain certain points in throughout the marathon that I'm going to keep bringing up because I felt like that's when Nip just started to embrace the method and really start to see that he can do this how he wants to do it and he doesn't have to listen to the record label. Yeah. And, and, and this is why this is one of my favorite joints because like when you see how his career progressed from 2010 to 2019 or 2009, 2008 is when Hustle and House came out. Was it 2005, 2007? Around that 2007, 2008. I think it was 2005. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that early. Yeah, it was like eight yeah. or nine. This is 2008, 2009. Hustle and House. Okay, it had to be eight or nine. So around that time was when it came when out. I was in high school, I knew that it. Okay, okay, because I knew it was around the time it was on 106 and Park. I did remember that. Yeah, I remember that too, and I was excited for him because um. I wasn't. I was a big game fan, so seeing him, I'm like, oh snap, he's gonna be like game. And they had a couple songs together, pre the marathon. I think they had like they roll. 
or something else. A couple of joints they did together, but nothing like crazy. And I thought it was dope that it's working together. Uh, but yeah, what's what's your next one? What's your first one? Yeah, I gotta probably say Keys to the City. Uh, and that's that's definitely if you if you got known with Nipsey Hussle, like that's a generic pick, especially from the marathon. But like the the confidence that that this entire album opens with with this specific song will always get my appreciation. Just like the way that everything just kicks in and then the the chorus just comes in and like you could of the song kind of carrying on. And I really fucked with that as I was listening, man. Um, I'm trying to turn to that shit right now as we speak, but it was just a good way to kind of like solidify what you're getting ready to listen to. And then also kind of encapsulate that hustle that, that, that Nipsey was trying to bring to his music as well as the business that he would, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, it was such a good opening. And like, I'm not gonna probably say it's the best, but it's a really solid opening uh, uh, with really good beats. Um, hold on, I think it was sampled by. I like the song too, right, man. Right. And, and and this was a this is a big song for Nipsey fan. That's why he put Keys to the City 2 on Victory Lap. Because this was a this this made a lot of people to Nipsey because this was also he wasn't making songs like this pre the marathon. Again, like they were trying to put him in a box. And I kind of felt like he was sacrificing some of his creativity to uh accommodate what the label was telling him 
Epic was telling him what they wanted him to make. So he was still rapping, but it was more street. It was more strictly braggadocious, which this is also a very braggadocious song, but this does not sound like a West Coast beat at all. This is not a West Coast beat. Yeah. It's like, it's just a hip hop beat. Like it's a dope sample. Um, and he was able to paint a very vivid picture. And if you watch the video that it goes with the song, there's Nipsey like giving the braggadocious, this is my, you know, I'm earning, I'm working hard to become this guy who's you know, successful in my city, keys to the city, da da da. So seeing, hearing him rap like this from hearing him beforehand, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't the biggest Nipsey fan, but I was aware of him on my radar. You know, I heard him in, in 09 with Killer and Drake, which was a, that's probably when I really started rocking him, like for real, I never heard him rap like that. Um, and I don't know if, I remember 09 when that came out, I was like, wow, Drake and Nipsey, that's crazy, because 09 he had. And I'm the one to blame, now that I'm around, shit, it never be the same. Yeah. Killer, killer, look, killer. Look, before rap, my last name was my lifestyle. And when I visualize success, it looked like right now. What was once gray skies is now white clouds. And I did it with the ones y'all said was not the right crowd. Follow my steps, and you see what I'm about. I keep my money coming in and never going out. Chuck Taylor's on the pavement with the blammers out. Then I hit the league straight out the streets with no talent scout. And now my face bring the cameras out. That young nigga these industry bitches yap about. You know the one the cops bump you up and ask about. All because I took my wildest dreams and then mapped them out. I go for mine like it's overtime. Me and my niggas had to struggle so we overshot. And I think 09 is when he was on the um, Snoop album. I remember what Snoop album that was because definitely before the marathon. Alice, uh, Alice in Wonderland. It might have been that one, but that was that was that before 2010. I remember uh, he was on. He was ahead. on that for sure. He was on that for sure. He was on Snoop album before this, and then in 2010 he made um, the XXL freshman cover. Yes, remember that covers. as well. You know they had Gibbs, who I liked back then. Box frame Cadillac, box Midwest box frame Cadillac music was crazy. The Miseducation of Gibbs was crazy. So I was listening to that. Yep. And then they had Pill, who had that hard trap song and a couple of good trap joints. I thought he was way bigger than what he was. People, he are, yo, hold on. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I, gotta, go, I, gotta, go. I gotta get us off the rails, man. People fucking underestimated Pill. I think the best song I heard is that song with Currency. Um, I think the name of it is Rise. That's literally one of the best songs I heard with Pill. And I found, I feel like if he would have found like his pocket with like the 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 smokers of that time, like the smoker section type of crew, the blog section, and he brought a a more I'm not gonna say more casual, but like he brought a different perspective from his street background. I really think that he could have like created something out of himself. I mean, even though it felt like Maybach, you know, him signing the Maybach music was the right thing to do especially due to the fact that it had Meek Mill and Wale on there and Stally, like a lot of really good mixtape rappers at the time. I really feel that like Stally and Pill got the real shitty end of the stick and they're very talented. Okay, except for Stally because he kind of fucked up by not cussing in his raps. The shit was weird. But- No, St- Stally could rap. I'd be, I'd be joking when I was be saying shit like that. Like he can that's rap. That's true. I just didn't feel like he, met, he matched the aesthetic of MMG, but I always felt like I felt like guys like that, they probably shouldn't have signed. Un- like when 
Crit signed with Def Jam, he wasn't signing with a particular rapper. He was signing with the label. Yeah. But when you sign with Ross, you got to like take on that Ross presence, that Ross moniker. And Ross fans aren't Pill fans. Um, I always thought Pill was dope. I wish he took the Gibbs approach. I wish he took, well, Gibbs is signed with Jeezy, but he was still able to, like, once he got off, he went back to the grind mode of, like, I am Gibbs, I'm not Gibbs and Jeezy. I yeah. felt like, I wish, I wish, like, if Pill went the crit route, signed to a major label, didn't really work, continue to work on my own and build my own following that way. I'm not sure whatever happened, but I remember Trap going ham was big. Um, yeah. It felt a little weird seeing all these white bloggers talk about it like that. It was like the wire of the South shit like that, but yeah, we can come back to the XXL cover if you want and can really talk about it, because that was a big turning point for Nipsey for me as well, seeing him yeah. on air. And that came out before the marathon. Yeah. Who else was on that? Who else was on that list? Because I think that was like Oh man, really they didn't good. they didn't miss. The only miss they had was Donis. Oh wow. I don't know if you remember Don, remember Donis? Yeah, and even then Donis had a really good project following he did. Like, in the following years. Like mm-hmm. I think it was like Southern Lights. You know, yeah, something movie. like that. That shit yeah. was hard. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't catch he didn't really he didn't really catch like he was the only one that like went but for Sean, he's he went independent. He he's mm. to this day dropped dope music. They had Cole, Nip, OJ the Juice Man, who kind of like retired, but he had like an impact and he was a big hit records. Mm. They had um Big Sean, oh wow. J Rock, wow, big Sean, Wiz Khalifa. Wow, hell yeah, yeah. Wiz yeah. Khalifa. My yeah, the man. only only the only two that didn't like create like a long career or not relevant today or j-rock the only one that didn't have like a long career from that was probably donis and pill to where they aren't successful as they should have been but the rest of them it's 10 years later they probably still active on the scene still putting out dope music they progressed still constantly touring i mean i feel like donis could have went behind the scenes became like a mega producer stuff like that but what he was yes the that's true yeah, so I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he come back out and you find out he's been making hits for the past yeah. five years. I just, I, cause I, cause he has a different background. Like he has a completely different background compared to like other rappers. Um, cause I think he was a part of the, he was in the Air Force before oh, he started. Yeah, and um, it was interesting how he was able to kind of make Southern Lights with a Southern perspective, but then still have like, like more northern flows. Um the the through it like I think this year or like maybe last year. And like I could see that even though the quality didn't age as well, you could see that if he came back with more modern sound in order for him to tell a story like Southern Lights or at least kind of give you the same aesthetic as that. I think Donis can actually make a, a bounce. The only thing is, I don't I don't know necessarily if he is like trying to get back into rap like that, or if he's just kind of finding his own financial pocket and just playing around with music, you know? No, that's that's real. Like, I, I I wonder what he's doing. I'm looking up on Instagram when we done to see. Um, I felt like he was talented. He probably crashed into similarities with like a B.O.B or shit like yeah. that. People people probably put him in a box with his tape with his sound. Or like he's trying to be like a southern kid cutty and shit like that. I felt like he he could have had a good career. He had some joints. I remember Southern Lights was was a, a fun project. You know, it was a big one. 
But um, keys to the city. How else you feel about it? anything else you want to say? Anything that really anything else that jumps out? Also. Well, for Keys to the City, I also like the fact that... Wait, did, did he actually get Keys to the City, like, in real life, like, later on in his life, or that's just... You know, that's, I, that's a good question. I really don't know. I think it was more so like a street thing, like, I'm the man of my town type-esque type. Okay. Um, okay. Um, what I do like about this song is the, the, the drum patterns and the use of instruments in the back, in the, in the, in the, 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 most of the song. Like, you could see that there was, like... Even I don't know whether this was kind of like the producer just playing around with different sounds to come off as if it's actual drums or these are you know is actual instrumentation. It would be interesting to see like how this pro this song was made because like the way that they got the drum patterns in the back of the the beat is just so fucking hard and it just adds another layer of complexity to to the song. And I love that shit with like a lot of Nipsey Hustle songs like. Even though you are going to get like his message, which is usually uplifting and probably a good beat to follow up with that, the use of ah, <laughs> instrumentation in his music always adds another level of like stakes or like 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 positivity to it. You know, like I felt yeah. that way after I heard um, "Right Hand of God." And like yep. for the song to kind of end uh, with a trumpet and shit like that, but of course because this is ten years, uh, well, I think eight years, seven eight years before that project, like it's much more raw compared to what it eventually became to be. But I do like the instrumentation that is used with Keys to the City, um, especially as you know somebody that is kind of growing a producer's ear for sound. Mm. You know, one thing that I, uh, that this last verse is my favorite verse is one thing about Nip is always able to be like a, like a vivid storyteller. LA guys can always talk about California in a very like vivid way, mm -hmm. but he does it also by mentioning like his homies and shit like that to add a bit more context to certain things that he's talking about. But like I was there with so-and-so, so-and-so was there. And the more you learn about him and these people and their stories, you start to build like your own, like, you know, theories and thoughts about them. So the last, the, the very, very third verse of Keys to the City, he's like, Dre passed Def Jam, Capital, Atlantic 2. Thought I'd be dead doing life because what I rap is true. Just another you know who. Sam had some time to do. And yeah, Steve was cool, but I heard Big U was an animal, right? That's what I started off with, like talking about his friend and a record label passed him up. Said some other stuff at the verse. Imani ain't gonna know the streets. Gotta keep her Imani's door. Imani ain't gonna know the streets. Gotta keep her close to me. Put that on my man that's on the cross on my rosary. Wasn't always banging, but I was bringing about it over. And then at the last of the verse is, who's the hottest on us west? All you niggas know is me. So whoever you got tough, so tell whoever got a lot of Nipsey Hustle stole the key. And I felt like that verse was, it was, I'm, I'm sure it's some things on that braggadocious, but he was able to intertwine real life stories about, you know, him coming home, dealing with stuff when he got out of prison, um, the record labels that passed on him because they felt like he couldn't touch him, um, willing to do whatever he can to make sure his daughter's down to the streets. And at the very end of the verse, he's saying, I'm the best on the West. Um, and I stole the key. It's interesting because it's called Keys to the City. So it's kind of like, yo, I'm still in the crown. And that's how I always took it. And he was like, say, hey, now I'm the, I'm the next guy. I'm the next big dog on the West. And I, I thought people really resonated with this song in that many ways because it's kind of like him planting his flag on the West Coast as an independent artist without 
Snoop co-signed directly. Snoop was on this video hustling the house. The Snoop wasn't saying this is my guy, or Dre wasn't saying this is my guy. They was cool with him. He they didn't have like a you know a top dog in the background doing something. It was kind of like Nipsey was the person pulling the strings. So that was always dope for me, man. Seeing stuff like that. Yeah, I I remember uh, there was one story that Snoop talked about how uh, he met Nipsey Hussle and instead of Nip like kind of just shoving the mixtape in his face, he was like, just give it a listen. And they handed him the mixtape and they just walked the fuck off. Like, I think that's something that like a lot of like, I'm not going to say a lot of artists, but like, it's kind of hard to do now because like, as an artist or as a creative, you gotta have like this personality. You gotta have this personality that kind of pops out on social media and you have to kind of hold it up, you know, as you continue your life when people see you up close because technically you're a celebrity. But like, I feel like Nip was able to approach the game with a certain level of humbleness just due to the fact of him having to deal with record labels and many people passing him up. So by the time he came out with the marathon, he's talking about this, his his hustle and his grinding. But it, it seems like the marathon was a product of those years that happened before. Mm-hmm. And it was finally his step into making the direction for himself instead of making a step for somebody else's benefit. And mm-hmm. like that that's something that you you really managed to point out throughout like the, the breakdown because like I don't know how people I don't know how rappers can be as vivid as Nipsey Hussle I don't think there's a lot of rappers that can be as vivid as Nipsey Hussle in, the, in this versus they're very they're not super complex or they're not you know lyrical 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 <laughs> like, they're not rapidity rap but at the same time it's very simple but but very distinct and you can always tell like a Nipsey Hustle verse from like any other rapper. Uh, yeah. but Keys to the City City really showcased that. So yeah, man. Yeah. Really good song. Really good way of starting the album off. So my next one is uh, my second one is love. And it's like a love is a question mark. So you ask like love, like, yeah. like what is it? Like, am I gonna get it? Like because you know. I felt like he had a chip on his shoulder this whole time. He didn't have the big cosign. No one from the West was really saying um, it was. No one else was like signing. You know, he wasn't like you needed a Drake. Game had a Drake co-sign, um, and it, and that's all you really needed to blow up in the West. Kendrick had Top Dog. Top Dog was a big when Top Dog signed. To at the time, they were still bubbling, so they they weren't like who he was talking about. They were still bubbling. Kendrick has put out uh, overly dedicated a few months before that. They, Over Dedicate came out in the fall and just came out in the winter. So it was like kind of like from there. So at that time, and even on the um the uh the XXL, he says in the in an interview, he's like, you know, the West isn't really big on the mainstream right now. So how do I bring how do we he said having two West Coast guys, him and J-Rock, on there is big because they want to like bring the West back to where it's supposed to be. So with all these things in, in, in mind, I think with songs like this. You can see him with his chip on the shoulder and his willingness to try to take over the West, like he's the city and taking the crown, stuff like that. But on love, hearing this was different than what I heard from Oakland earlier. And quite honestly, it was kind of what I heard in 09 and Drake. It was more introspective, it was deeper, it was more 
you know, different things. And now I'm listening to it now and I can see so many things like looking back on it. You are listening to a high scenic production. Now. I don't never want to hear you niggas say you doubt this shit again. Look, look. Fake niggas don't show me love and all you fake bitches on won't show hugs. I got this pistol with a gang of hundreds. And this drop Mercedes Benz get done blunted. Don't be surprised if you don't get what you never wanted. I'm on my fifth fly whip while you ain't never stunted. Never going broke, funny cause I never budget. A lot of niggas around now that I ain't never fuck with. That's why I'm in and out of town, out in other countries. It's like the less I come around, the more I'm getting money. And I've been catching wind lately that the feds want me. But I'm gonna keep getting richer, it's gonna get ugly. So my mama, I'm a gangbang graduate. Pioneered the transition from this crib. It wasn't easy, nigga, but I mastered it. That's why I still deliver rap so passionate. Built my own lane, ain't no nigga ever had me shit. Lost an after understand the averages the fact i'm still standing speaks values to my savages we lost lavishness and aim for extravagance even if it's only temporary at least we had the shit we lost lavishness and aim for extravagance that felt like this is a bit much can i live the jay-z s verse right um one of the jay-z verses like you know thinking about how we lust for these things and aim for these things he says even if it's only temporary at least we had the shit that that really feels like when Jay-Z says pain which shit was quick to see from selling cane to brains was fried to a fricassee. Can't lie, at the time it never bothered me. At the bar, getting my dog on properly. My squad and me, lack of respect for authority. Laughing hard, happy to be escaping poverty. However, but it reminds me of that press sticky to the dash is hit. <laughs> And then he says, and then he says, trust fund, spoil your mind, and kiss my kiss of life, take me. So on the first verse, he's talking about, not for the first part of the verse, he's talking about the extravagance, the hustling, and the extravagance that his life that he has, even if it's only temporary, gets him. Is it worth it? So he's questioning things. Then he says, trust fund, spoil your mind, and kiss his life, take me. Live life to the fullest, never let this life break me. Um, and hearing all of these things, 2010, I'm young, I'm still going through my own little trials and tribulations, but it was still like grounding to hear and I felt like I could relate to it. And now being older looking back is, is hate using the word, but it's like him like looking back, like kind of seeing the time when he's trying to build for himself. And the end of the, end of the verse, he says, before I sell my soul, I give my life. It's been a minute, but go and get right. Watch. I felt like Nipsey knew what he was going to do, man. He felt like he was, he had, he had to get a vision with his music and he was going to do what he wanted to do um he was already putting out the merch which has really helped him his branding he already figured out how he wanted to handle his business acumen and i think the independent route was beneficial to him in so many ways and i wish more rappers had did it back then and i really felt like he kind of like laid the foundation for some guys who were coming up a little bit after him about how you own your stuff i felt like the Mac Millers and even like you know him a lot of those 2010 guys who we talk about we can talk about it again we talk about 2010 in general those guys is really a champion for the landscape of hip-hop that we have today where he was like I don't need a label you know Mac Miller stayed indie most of his career Wiz stayed indie um Big Sean signed Pill signed Gibbs just signed with Alfredo so you know I mean they had partnerships with other with other groups and stuff like that but in essence those guys are doing it independently. So, yeah. Yeah, and one thing that one thing that um 
I started seeing a lot more is like the idea of a distribution deal kind of starting out with, with, with different artists. I mean, of course the biggest, the biggest people to kind of go that route was TDE, even though they still had artists under their underground or independent ring that was still releasing music for them. Um, but Kendrick and Schoolboy Q, they were the main artists that were technically working with labels, even though it was specifically through a, a dis- distribution deal. But I love the fact that like those, that new wave, those new waves of artists were able to kind of go independent. And this is at a time where like SoundCloud wasn't as popular as it is. If you wanted to go um, actually go get your music, you had to go through their website, you had to go through their band camp, you had to go through that piff. That piff might even not even have the real version. So you gotta find some way to get it. If the song is, if the entire mixtape is like on a broken website, you gotta find somebody that might have it. Like it, it was it was the wild west of like digital internet music. And the fact that it would it could possibly be so easy to sign to a record label because they have access to like Apple or like these major these major databases that charge you to listen to music or to listen to a song multiple times then you actually own it uh, even though you technically they don't own it if you try to use it for something else uh, but at the same time the, the the fact that many of these artists were able to go through this 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 new wave of sound independently and kind of make their own branding off of that. It's, it was uplifting. And I think it really pushed where music was going at the time. I know, don't get me wrong, we had the whole indie thing that happened years before that, especially with the rise of Napster and how that actually helped artists kind of get their footing because people downloaded it freely. But I also think that these guys were the ones that made it to the national stage while also remaining independent. Like they were able to still be in the same, be on the same channels as those signed artists that were on TV. And it's because they made their way up. I remember when Freddie Gibbs was still in this mixtape days and he was teaming up with Loiter Squad and he was on Adult Swim. And we don't really talk about that, but at the same time, like like that, that shit is huge. Like he was able to still run his entire ESGN, I think even when it was under, like, well, I'm not going to say when it was under CTE, uh, but when he was still working with Jeezy and CETE around that time and then possibly breaking off. But then you see him on this fucking TV show on Adult Swim, like, dude, what the fuck? With with our future of all people. It was just, it was a wild west. And it seems like a lot of the artists that were able to make it out of that wild west you're now starting to see them kind of make the big major moves because they, they're they business savvy enough to actually see where the, the, the dead end is. That's really interesting, you know, because I, before the blog era, I remember this too. Remember when um, websites like labels would go to the blogs and like take this song down and shit like that? Yep. It felt like I felt like a lot of label, a lot of artists noticed that, and they, a lot of independent artists, they noticed that, and they started putting on more free content to build up their buzz because they noticed that these the fans want the music. They don't feel like going through the same channels no more. They can why why download a whole album 
I'm sorry, why go, why go buy an album when I can go on Limeware? Yeah. I can go on da 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 da. So they, but they still wanted new stuff. They weren't listening to the radio. The iPods was coming out, Zooms was coming out. You was, mu- music was just starting to get pl- placed onto YouTube. So the, the, the consumption of, you know this, you study this, the, mu- the consumption of music was beginning to change. Yep. And I, th- I, I think the blog era was when a lot of artists embraced the internet completely. You know, you had some in 05, you had some in 09, mixtapes here. You know, Wayne, Wayne was big in all of this stuff too, but Wayne was an established artist. And you had some people break through like Charles Hamilton, who was completely new mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And they got big off being placed on music blogs and stuff like that. But 09, when How Fly came and more people, and then, then um, 08, 07, when the cool kids put out their stuff, mm. the 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 con- the consumption really changed. I think 2010 is when all of it came together because you had all of these independent releases completely on there, and then on the back end, a lot of these people were figuring out so how I make money on these free tapes, and they started to realize, oh, we can. There's data now. You can see where to go touring. You can sell merch. You know, Chase Infinite was a big underground guy and underground people knew this for a while and they had to live off, you know, touring and merch. This is because they didn't have big labels to do push their singles out. So they lived off, you know, small meat groups, small groups, um, making merch, staying on the road. So when he, when the music began to change, he was in a lot of artists ear telling them like, hey, listen, this, this game is really new. All you got to do is adapt the indie method and push it. That's why you start seeing more rappers. Even today, everybody got merch. Like, like it's not like it was back in the day where some dude from uh, some brand dude from the neighborhood pull up, got screen printed shirts and going to sell them at the concert. No, these are the artists made shirts and gear, tables. When you buy, remember we went to go see TDE? Yep. And we saw, it wasn't Dave Free, that was Musa. And yep. um, uh, the guy with the the lock, the lock. I can't remember his name. He was Wait. it was a DJ guy. He was with him all night. Oh, like oh. a little twist. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick but Kendrick be talking about Kendrick mentioned his name. He was like, "Blank can do whatever he want." Da 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 da. Can't remember his name. But anyway, we talked to them. We was trying to get them to do the interview with Schoolboy Q and Ab. So they were selling TDE merch right there. We should have bought that shit. <laughs> They were selling TDE merch exactly. right there. You know what I'm saying? Right there. Right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we saw when we saw um currency, he had his merch right there. This was not some random guy right pulling up. That was them. And I think 2010, uh Nipsey had the Crenshaw, the Crenshaw hoodie, and that thing went big. A lot of these mm. artists at this time really figured out um how to do it, and it's impressive to see now. 10 years later, how that looks with, you know, DSPs and people putting mixtapes back onto the DSPs and stuff like that. And I'm not saying Nipsey was the point of all of this change that he, no, but I think him, you know, being a part of that 2010 crowd kind of helped push the method and push the message they was giving out. I think you next, right? Yes, sir. I will, wow, I'm surprised you didn't choose this one. Um, my next song is going to be Blue Laces. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. on my one. Yeah. That was my next one. For real? Mm-hmm. My God. I'll, I'll... 
Look, I'm from Westside, California. They run up on me. Ask you where you from and check your tats under your clothing. Hustle, go hard, make sure my not swollen. Fuck you, say the wrong hood, bullets explode, and I trust you people these days, cause that's gold. I see niggas get killed for who they roll with and chose to keep inside they circle, Satan sitting on your sofa. Same nigga that shot you was the one you used to smoke with. Cold shit, my whole clique notorious. You heard of us, sick soldiers, murderers, you still serving clubs. Jealous nigga, you broke as fuck, yo bitch on my nuts. Spilling Patron out my cup, she can't get enough. Buffing me down as I puff on the finest cush. They say y'all be doing too much, I just do my stuff. Love with Sample, I love the, the Isley Brothers kind of vibe to it. It is <laughs> like a project, Windows, but better to me <laughs> don't mean to shit on us i'm sorry but I, I have to but yeah like i i love the song and i love like like the message of the song like it, it's really fucking uplifting i was listening to this song when i was in a really bad state in college like my sophomore year and it kind of helped me get through it um just mainly due to like the sound of it um and I didn't necessarily know who Cocaine was, but he was definitely a great addition to this motherfucking song right here. Um, Blue Laces is sampled um, by Hospital, well, it's sampled Hospital Prelude of Love Theme by Willie Hutch, uh, 1974. Um, oh shit, hold up. There we go. Yeah, I, I just really like the song. Um, the song, it was consistently also in rotation for LeBron James while him and Miami in the Miami Heat were in the 2012 finals against the Thunder. Something that was huge because for me, um, I was a huge Heat fan. Oh, by the way, that, that notice from Genius. But I was a huge Heat fan and I knew about this, but I couldn't really confirm it because like, you know, like LeBron is a music head. Like he gets people hit with so many artists, whether they're underground or mainstream. But I did know that he was really hip to the game because I think one of the championships, he was actually playing like Big Crit. Uh, and he was playing Crit well into um, his, his, his tenure. So like going from the time that he was playing for the Heat all the way to the time that he was playing for the Cavs. And even after that, he was listening to like artists like Crit and when I found out that he, he was listening to Nipsey Hussle during, you know, one of the most monumental championships of his career, you know, before he went, started winning the rings, um, it, it, it was such an uplifting moment. And it kind of like gave me a, a kind of a light. It was like one of the signature signals that music could really help my life and kind of get me to another level. But I didn't really discover these things until like a couple of years after this project dropped. So Blue Laces alone, like it is really good. And I also like the the, the singing breakdown. Uh, it's pretty good as well. <laughs> Even though for some, it might not be the best, you know, singing verse, but yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. What you think? I don't like that bridge either. The singing part. I mean, I understand why they did it. They needed it. Yeah. Um, the the Goldie's. I don't. I don't. That's Goldie sample. Goldie singing. Um, 
I thought it was like a great autobiographical song um, to really, you know, in a lot of Nipsey's music, pre this and post this, he always tried to um, de-glamorize what comes with the street stuff yeah. and like kind of tell you like, you know, streets is cold, turn innocence to militants, young niggas banging for the thrill of it. Pops was gone, mom's never home, but the streets was right there, so they took you as your own. Um, I think his his whole, not his whole, he had some errors, some parts where he was like, you know, the normal, the normal hip-hop braggadocia, I'm super smart and you, I'm going to shoot everybody in your family. But he did have episodes where he would show you like the, the, the long, the cold, the shitty parts that people often um, glamorize, never told you about, and it, it makes you respect his um, commitment to the craft because that's what people love about Jay-Z, right? That's what people love about like those storytellers when they can actually get to a level of vulnerability in their music, when they can say, you know, you know about the gold chain, you know about, you know, the women in the cars, but let me tell you about the parts when um, I was ass out and I didn't have nothing. And fucking, I was struggling and it was cold and I couldn't trust nobody. And I was afraid and I'm looking behind my, looking behind my shoulder constantly, couldn't sleep, paranoia. Um, yeah, and he talked about like getting into the dope game and things that that come with and the, the, the negative that comes with it as well. So I always like Blue Laces and I'm happy that he put a Blue Laces 2 on Victory Lap as well. Yeah. He only put two, three songs on there at part two, Status Symbol, Keys to the City, and this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And those were all songs a lot of Nipsey fans really, really liked. He was known for this because this did feel like a, new, a, a LA sample, an LA song with yeah. the sample that they use um, and like the, the the organ piano type feel and yeah. like the, the, the sample of Goldie to give you that New York, that New York, that LA sample you've heard in the past. Yeah. Um, it didn't sound like Dre. It sounded like a lot of Nipsey's songs don't sound like Dre. His LA songs don't sound yeah. like Dre. It sounds like the other LA who you normally don't think about. Um, the Quicks, the 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 Pools, the Cubes, the people who like the other LA sounds who sometimes you often don't get that same. Um, uh, uh, notoriety is Dr. Dre get with being the LA sound. So there was really, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I always appreciate that because it didn't sound like Dre. Game sounded like Dre. Game sounded yeah. like I want to rap over Dre beats. Yeah. Nipsey sounded like the other part of LA. And the fact that he was also um, conscious in selecting lyrics to tell you this for you. Big faces, suitcases, the 
You know what? That's that's like that. I'm not saying he's over here uh, reading from the thesaurus to try to impress us with rhymes that rap. No, but you have to respect the the vulnerability and the thoughtfulness in his approach of his lyrics. And I really like Blue Laces. Um, and again, his storytelling was very vivid. Yeah. Um, this is one of those songs, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. I that's facts. I think like. Once again, this is another Nipsey Hussle song that knows how to tell a story and knows how to paint that picture for you to see with his voice. Um, very like, I there was one thing that you said about the new LA that really strikes interest with me because I think, and this is a really stupid, the one that's talking right now. Let me just be quite honest. Um, but I think like many artists like or many projects like Nipsey Hussle's The Marathon or Snoop Dogg's RNG, I think that was the precursor for what eventually became what Selection is now. Even though Selection kind of expands upon what, what it's already based on. Like from, from, from what many people know off Buck is that Selection samples a lot of like Neptunes, but then they also take the time to go into like Latin music or, or, or uh, uh, Jamaican music. Uh, uh, reggae, dancehall, dub, different subgenres takes his time to go to the to, to the electric side. And like one thing that I've been able to see is that the West Coast has been really good at that, even though the South is a good follow-up. I do believe that there have been New York artists that have been able to to kind of create their own sound and manage it, but it's always been a structure from what I've heard when it comes to more New York-based talent compared to like the, the sound of the West Coast in the 2000s and how that managed to evolve into selection or the expansion of like what the, uh, the guys from uh, Oxnard, uh, uh, Ono and Mad Lib was able to produce. You kind of see how these things were entangled and, and be able to create a new wave of talent from LA um, and also the, 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 the rise of selection and what came from that. Um, I think that like albums like this, I'm not going to say inspired it or influenced it, but I think it was a huge precursor to show that there was much more to the city of the angels instead of it just being G-Funk and yeah. uh, old samples of like funk songs and shit like that. Because I know that I had to get tired of that shit. It started yeah. getting to a point where like you saw that element used in like TV shows and mainstream media and shit like that. And they kind of use it in a jokingly way instead of respecting it. So I'm pretty sure it would be really hard for people to say, I want to move away from this if it makes money and, and those record labels know that it might, you know, get some attention. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, I don't know if you ever listened to Blue, but Blue came out before this, uh, Blue and Exile. Um, below yeah. the heavens and he was an LA guy and he was doing these things I mean I guess they put him in more of that conscious LA rap scene stuff mm -hmm. but that was also a really big album and very monumental in shifting the sounds um, for hip-hop and LA specifically um, I think Nipsey changed the the street sound of LA but they both was very in my opinion, big on changing what people thought LA sounded like for years to come. Well, yeah. well, yeah.
I'm trying to get to this place that my grandpa told me about as a child. Told me only if you can make it in the faithless ain't allowed. Be a star out your game and name above the clouds. And if you miss, you at least be amongst your own crowd. I smile because now I see what he meant. I see it in the eyes of mothers when they uncover their sins and repent. Getting closer to Jehovah on their old least bent. Praying our mind frame switch and these times change quick. But I hate to say it, brother. The youth is too stubborn, too stuck on themselves to ever think. Yeah, and and to get out of the, I don't know what game sounded like. Game sounded like a mixture of he sounded like a New York guy rapping in L.A., and you know, yeah, that was on one of my lists. So you get to go again. Um, one thing that all right. So I know what you said about uh, what game. I think, I think the game found his style at a certain point. Like I knew that he was like really good. But one thing that I necessarily didn't like about the game was the fact that he name dropped. No, mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna say that like he made ter- like like I'm I'm not saying that shit at all. Like I'm not shitting on the game because he he made really good music and uh, so a guest that I really hope that we could bring on Taryn Finley. She really fucks with the documentary too. And at first I was like, but it's the game though. And I'm like, oh name drop all the time. But I actually listened to that shit. That nigga had bangers. But I think because of his style of rapping, I think his sound kind of um, it it's a it's a spiritual successor to Drake, just due to the fact that the style of of the game to me is him like name dropping and you know different West Coast you know appeal. But to 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 go back on topic, the name of my song or the next song that I'm choosing is A Million. Okay, good. Hell I like yeah. that. Love that shit. Love that shit. Um, I am a fool for a million. Um, this was actually the song that made me really like this mixtape. Um, I love the intro. The intro is just so dope. Um, I already like the fact that like you use a sample from um oh my god, you use Jay Z. He sampled Jay Z. Yeah, yes, yes. A million so, and one questions. Yes, so he sampled. One in a million and a million and one questions by Jay Z. Um, the the way that he was able to kind of like play around with well, not him per, particularly, but the producer was able to kind of play around with both. Oh, it's cooking so that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. See, that was an artist, man. Cooking soul, if you hear this shit, I really want to write about you. But like, I was really trying to write about cooking soul and see how he was able to like get these really dope ass like production opportunities with like what eventually became legends of the Dat Piff era. But like the way that Cooking Soul just like dun, 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 a million, a million, a million. Like the, the, that rolling shit into the beat. Oh my God. And then like Nipsey Hussle just comes in like really hard, man, with the verses, bro. Like, bro, it, it was just such a good single. And it wasn't even a single off of the whole project. That's the whole fucking dope part. It like, like it was just like, okay, well, this is this is another banger off of the first project of the track. And I was just, I just fucked with it so much. All money in. All money in. Yeah, real shit. Got my mind on a million fuck. 
before I turned 26. But that's just what it costs for that condo at the bridge. I got this European belt, European bitch. Ever seen an African in the European whip? I got my top off in traffic playing this. Got them pissed. Police hot cause my operations legit. Suck my dick. All my life they've been shooting. Thank God they missed. I'm convinced that I'm here for a reason. It don't make sense how they miss. All my niggas is gone, but I still exist. I exist. So I got on my knees and I told him this. I'll be picking one and up. So, of course, this is like the braggadocious type of, like you say, braggadocious type of like raps that he's giving you. But like just the beat that he's like flowing off of and the simple yet, the simple yet, I mean it attitude that he had throughout the entire song. I just, I just fuck with it. It's such a good song to even DJ with and play around with. So definitely an essential Nipsey Hussle song. Like if you want a banger from Nipsey Hussle. Because I know that a lot of people can get misconstrued from a lot of the uplifting music that he has or the vivid songs that he had kind of uh, uh, painting the picture of like the, you know, the violent side of L.A. But like songs like this make you want to come back to the marathon and also other projects. I really thought Cooking Soul was going to be huge um, for years to come. They had a nice, they had, they, they've done stuff since then. They've done stuff with Currency. I know he was on... Um, Stone Immaculate, and then there's some other stuff. I really thought they was gonna be like those guys because they they were they was on blends. Their blends was crazy, and they were like. I think it's up. one person. Oh, that was I thought it was a group. No, Holy shit! Yeah, it's one person. I think he's black and Puerto Rican. And he was doing blends, and blends was crazy. Um, I really thought so. To the song, I like the song. The only didn't only reason I didn't like really really love the song was I don't know. I'm a big fan of the original. Uh, with Jay-Z, and it just didn't hit that. I like the song. It's still a good Nip song. I like it on this joint. But um, I, I really, one of my, my million is one of my favorite, one of my top 20 Jay-Z songs. Yeah. So hearing this, I was like, oh, he didn't kill it like Jay-Z killed it. Um, but I, I think for me, with the Jay-Z comparison to my last song, this was a song that came after that song. Uh, yeah. I made the comparison on... Um, Blue Laces, I think it was Blue Laces, maybe it was Love, and he was talking about the, the duality of hustling in the streets and how that the paranoia that comes with that and how essentially you're adapting to this um, uh, lifestyle where I want to be successful even though I might not be able to enjoy it for a long period of time. And the fact that the, he used this Jay-Z sample, in a sense, Jay-Z redone, whatever you want to call it, um, on this mixtape, the mixtape to really put him out there was means a lot because, as you know, like with, when he did his uh $100 project, Jay Z bought copies of it. Yeah, you know? he bought a um, hundred copies, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I don't know if this was like the kickoff or the start of his first olive branch towards Jay, um, or get on his radar or anything like that. I really wish they worked more together because I felt like Nipsey had that mentality that Jay brought to the game that you would always talk about. Um, and he was mutual friends, and you know he went to the Rock Nation brunches and shit like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was I, I like this joint. I did. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I liked it. I was also gonna say like we also like one thing that many people the, the mainstream knows about Nipsey outside of the fact that he makes music 
is that he's very business savvy. And, mm-hmm. and even though, like, I'm really mad at the fact that, well, you know, I'm really mad at the fact that that motherfucker, like, wanted to take somebody's life that day. You know what I'm saying? Because it really would have been dope to see some of the collaborations he probably would have made with, like, corporations as time moved on. Because, like, he was getting to that point where, like, he was establishing himself into an icon or a franchise more than just being a rapper. And even though he did support the rap community through things like his rap school or, like, the Marathon Clothing Line or even his projects being nominated for a Grammy, like, it would have been really cool to see what he was able to, what he would be able to do if those corporations began to, you know, look at what he's doing and saying, we need to, you know, we need to talk, reach out to this guy, see what he's doing, see how we can collab with his vision and, and see where we can go. Not take his shit over and then make it theirs, but do a collab, kind of do what Travis Scott is doing, you know, except for actually the money going to like something else but like I think that's that's one thing that we kind of forget about how Nipsey Hussle was not only able to kind of have that same facade when he's rapping that's not necessarily exactly like Jay-Z but still had that same that same aesthetic but differently on the west coast um but yeah this this song was very dope uh, I'm correcting myself you were right Cooking Soul is a Spanish duo Shit, I ain't know. Yeah, it's Big Size and Zoc. So they was producing since 2005. And uh, yeah, they developed a, a strong presence in the mixtape circuit or the mixtape era, Dat Piff era. Um, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they've, they've been in the game for a while. Um, I, let's talk about the Dat Piff era because this album was one of the biggest of its time um, mm-hmm. in that era. Uh, it dropped at a time where it was on Dat Piff. And I feel like even as we continue, like we already did ASAP Rocky and, and, and Dat Piff, but I feel like as we continue, we're probably going to come across a lot of songs from a lot of projects from that era that are like, like, like genre defining or, or at least something that kind of added its own wave. Like, when we even looking at this new sound of the new West, you can even look at projects like the uh, Los Angeles United School Circuit um, that had a whole bunch of songs from like Dom Kennedy and uh, I'm about to say Jaliloquy. <laughs> uh, it was another artist from California, Blue. You got all of these really good artists from around the area or the Sore Losers who had mixtapes with like who had mixtape singles with Kendrick Lamar or Dom Kennedy, who, who had Future Love's uh, Sex Therapy, if I'm if, if I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I remember that was one of his first tapes. Yeah. Or like his yeah. second tape, I think. Yeah. I really uh, think that, like, like that we, we don't really give that era of the music industry in the early 2010s that much credit because after 2016, that's when streaming became like a, a, a very accessible thing for people and became the standard for how you listen to music before you actually purchase something, even though most people just stream music now, they don't necessarily buy music. So I really think that um, when it comes to 
uh, the Dat Piff era, I think that that was that was such a monumental time that was just a blink in, in the eye of music history. But that's just me. Yo, I I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the idea for DSPs came from Dat Piff. Mm. You could literally, I mean, it was really hard because that shit was crashing all the time from so many visits. But you could literally go on Dat Piff and just play all the mixtapes you wanted to play. Yep. You can play, you can shuffle the joints. You, can, you can't make a playlist. I don't think you could back then at least. You can play a whole mixtape right on the website. I mean, I would just download it because I would hate when I'm listening to something and then it would crash and then they, get, they can't get on. The, I would download it. But in essence, you could literally go on there and just stream the shit much as you wanted to. Um, and that's before Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, and prior to then, people was just um, downloading. LimeWire, Lime BearShare, whatever your illegal uh, downloading web weapon of choice was. And they would just use that. And I think that Piff was when the first time you could play a mixtape before you downloaded a mixtape. And I wouldn't be, it was sometimes I came across new artists and I'm like, oh, he's so-and-so featured on there. Let me just play that song. Cause I didn't want to download the whole mixtape and play that song. Oh, let me play that. Not download, I want to become a fan of that person just off of that method. Cause sometimes you don't want to download a whole tape for one song. Hell yeah. You know Hell what I'm saying? Yeah. So that gave, then you could download the individual song. I think, am I tripping? I don't think you could. I think you had to have uh, an account in order for you yeah. to download one song or like a premium account or some shit like that. But yeah, yeah. You, you actually might be right because I think Spotify was the first streaming service to actually be a legit stream service because Apple Music came at... Well, Apple Music was music, but they were still working off of the iTunes store, especially at that right. time. And that's when you can only play the song for 30 seconds. Exactly. Or I remember. Or drop 99 cents on, a, on one song so you can listen to it forever. And of course, the more that you spend, the more expensive the shit get. Kind of like microtransactions and video games or loot boxes and games. But that's a whole nother story. Um, but like, like that piff was literally the one of the very few places where you can actually stream that in Bandcamp. Like I think we, I think a lot of people forget about Bandcamp, but Bandcamp was definitely kind of making this growth around that time as well. But I think because that Piff had so many crazy good rappers and crazy legendary rappers that did, you know currently drop major projects specifically due through that Piff, and because that was so much accessible than um, a Bandcamp or. Or other pro or other websites at the time, it was much more mm -hmm. easier for people to just go there and listen to a mixtape, and it was a really good opportunity for people who may not be as high profile as Nipsey Hussle, Currency, Wiz Khalifa, Big Crit. They can also put their product their product out and still be able to generate a buzz, and also be able to get put on, you know, to a point where they mm -hmm. actually get into official. I know Slim Gay dropped a lot of mixtapes through that bit. That's how I got hip to him. Thanks for tuning in with us this week for the Record Report Podcast. We had a long episode talking about this fantastic album, The Marathon. So listen, listen and subscribe. Look out for episode two. It's going to drop next week. Uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. yeah. Me and my nigga Red Paul.
was on the way to the studio. And Cuz had that on, that Wiz and Currency mixtape and the tape that the city changes. And I heard this beat, I'm like, what the fuck? Y'all, you know, only thought it's right for my 58,000 league. Shit on we go like this. Look, uh. seven days a week, seven different freaks. But I got tired of fucking hoes, so I just smoke and count my cheese. Watching Godfather leather couches flat screens. I say I'm on this marathon. She asked me what does that mean? Ain't no puffin' pass, please. Roll your own, I do the same. Girl, get on that Marlon Brando and stop trying to pick my brain. Your boyfriend is a lame, that's why you not used to this game. And if you looking for me, I'll be first class on the plane. X name, my landing gear is on. Need no runway. My final destination is a cloud. Since I'm one way, fucking with them streets. Ain't no stranger to this gunplay. But now I eat these beats and I'll never take a lunch break. Back to back, switch and sweet. Never grow no sober shit. Post traumatic stress. I feel like that's what I'm coping with. So I smoke the best. Impossible not to notice this. 30,000 feet up across the Atlantic Ocean where the pack of swishers in the box. I ain't even open yet. I'm trying to live my life so when it's over, I got no regrets. Multiply what you approach it with. Got to roll a dice, but the first time that you can go legit. Seize the opportunity, believe and take control of it. Then get on your marathon and run it till it's over with. Napa Valley, Dolce, my cup runneth over with. My trunk is in my roof, hey. You know who you rolling with? We can go Where you can be yourself And you ain't gotta worry And we ain't gotta brush Cause we not in no hurry You can't be afraid To let go You gotta let go with yourself But you ain't gotta worry Cause this gon' take some time But we not in no hurry 58,000 Marathon continues.